God is good. Isn't he good? He has a plan and a purpose for us. Every single person, God had a plan and purpose. There are no accidents in God. I read about accidents in the Bible, what appear to be accidents, and God somehow is always working it together for his good, isn't he? And so there is something happening now in this year. In 2022, God is still alive. He is still on the throne. Amen. Well, it's good to be together and to gather. This is part three uh, of this series that the Lord put in my heart for 2022 to begin the year. And the series is titled, In His Strength. And I encourage you, you can listen to part one or part two. If you've already been here, you go ahead and listen to it again in the podcast and it will come together. I've been building slowly, and I'm going to keep building this. Um, this is more like a book. And each week that, you know, the 30 to 45 minutes that we're looking into his text, it's building and building. So I want to encourage you to, uh, uh, again, look at part one and part two. But I want to encourage you that we can do nothing, and it is all through his strength. Amen. And that's a statement we say, okay, yeah, that's Christianese in his strength. But the real application, right, when real life happens, when stuff happens, when you're going through something, that's the hardest time to sit down and pray. That's the time you could care less about the Bible. It's not that you don't love God and forget about him, but your human mind has a hard time sitting down and focusing on his word when your mind is focused on stuff, right? We've all been there. But the key to our strength in him is that there is a pattern and there is a way. It's not just something that we say, although I want to say it as many times as I can so that my mind hears it. Out of my spirit, I'll say it, but I want to get it. I really want to get it, right? Amen. We want to get God's word, right? Who's heard a scripture many, many times and it and it's something that you understood in your head, but then one day it clicked and you understood in your spirit. Who can testify to those things, right? And so that's what we need to get. Uh, I don't want to just say in his strength because then we go into a hard time and we all uh, know what it's like to be there when we're going through just anything, uh, you know, that's out of our ordinary, out of what we had in our path planned, etc. cetera, uh, things that hit us from the side, right, and just throw us off track. But uh, I want to be so strong during those times. I want to be like what I read in the Word, like Paul, who in the prison was beaten for the Lord, and meanwhile, he's, he's found praising God. Amen. I want to be found in a, in a, I want to be known as someone, I want to be known as a church that has strength that doesn't make sense. And so part one we looked into, and this is a foundation, the only way to have strength in him is to come to a place of oneness. Everybody say oneness. And so we looked at that in part one, that there is a oneness that God wants for us. It's a oneness, in fact, that Jesus prayed for us. Jesus prayed that we would be one with him. Amen. Jesus prayed that we would be one, not just with him, but in the same way that he himself is one with the Father. And that's incredibly special. There is no separating Jesus from the Father, right? Is there, there are three, but they're one. We talked about that, right? There are three 
individual parts of God, but they are one, and there is no separation. And in the same way, Jesus said, he wants us to be one with him. There is no separation. We are separate entities because I'm me and you're you, but God is God, right? But we are also one. And it's not even something that you can get in your mind. I'm speaking it to you so you hear it, but it's something that we need a revelation to happen in our hearts. We need to come into that place of oneness with him. And then last week, we looked at in part two, John chapter 15, a continuation of this strength that we have in him through oneness, and it's that he is the vine. Jesus is the vine, it says in John 15, and it says that we are branches that come out of him, right? We are branches, we branch out from Jesus, the vine, right? I'm a branch, you're a branch, and we come from Christ. We are one. They are not separated. Whatever flows through Christ, the vine, flows through you, the branches, and there is life in him. It comes through us, and fruit comes out the end. Amen. And the uh, chapter there in John 15 says to abide, to stay, to remain, depending on your translation. The point is to plant yourself there. That's where you live. That's where you stay. I live in Christ, and I'm not moving from this place because the Bible says that if we do not stay in him, if we do not stay there in that place, the Bible says we become dry, right? We become even dead and without fruit. And I want to be in him because I want his life flowing into me and through me. And fruit is not something I have to try for. Fruit is automatic. If I stay in Christ and just love him and, 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 and you know, it's, this is the key. How do I do that? How do I stay in him? How do I remain in him? I believe his word even when I don't feel it. I choose to believe his word even when my mind says that doesn't seem right. When we do that, we are remaining in him. And the Bible says then, right, fruit comes out of us, right? When I choose to love even though I'm right and they're wrong, I've decided to remain in Christ. And what happens? A genuine love comes out of me that's greater than me. Who has experienced that, right? who has chosen to forgive when you didn't want to, and then, wow, you are shocked by the outcome that God produces, not you. You would have messed it up. God did something amazing, spectacular. And so I want to move here into part three, and I want to go to uh, John chapter 15, verse 5, and I just want to look at this verse and springboard from this again. He said, and this was a big part of last week's sermon, he said, John chapter 15, verse 5, and this is where it gets, gets powerful. This is what we need to get. This needs to become a revelation. Because we hear it in our minds. Yes, Lord, I need you. Lord, I know I need you. And it's so easy to go about our day and to make decisions on our own. We don't even realize that sometimes we leave God off to the side. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell. I'm not saying he doesn't love you. I'm not saying that you're going to forget him forever. But at times, we push him off and we start making decisions and doing things in our own strength and on, our, on ourselves, right? Can we admit that that happens in us? 
We don't mean to do it. We come back to the Lord. We repent for that. Lord, I got into my own strength, got into my own way. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I use my words. I am very aware they weren't your words right now. They didn't sound like words from your Bible. Sound like words from Satan. We need to get this as a revelation. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I want you to say that out loud. I can do nothing without him. You can do lots of things, but it will be nothing of worth. It is building, literally building a sandcastle. You build a kingdom here on the earth. Jesus actually warns us. He says, when you get to heaven, this is not the world. This is not the heathens. This is the church. I'm going to try your works. The things you did on the earth, I'm going to test them. I'm going to test them in fire. And if you did it for your, in your own strength, and if you did it for your own gain, when I test it, it will be burned up like wood, hay, and stubble. Who knows the verses? But he said, if you build with gold and silver and precious stones, it will last into eternity. Amen. And that is what we did in ourselves, what we did for our own strength, for our own name, or even just to save skin, versus what we do for him. And what we do for him will cost us many times everything but it will produce something into eternity. We need to realize that nothing has value without him. I know that this is just, it's such a simple concept, and yet it must get down deep in us, right? Who has someone in your life that you've been sharing the Lord with for many years, and they've heard the gospel, they're aware of the gospel, they're aware of the truth of the gospel, and they're like, I know what you're saying is true, but something in the knowing has not entered that that box, the Jesus box in our hearts, right? The God-shaped hole. Something in here is, is just in knowledge, and it hasn't entered that place where we would call it belief and faith, right? And we need to keep praying for them and keep believing for them because we have seen God do it before. He's going to do it again. Amen? God's going to reach their hearts, but we need to keep believing for them, keep praying. Uh, there is... Uh, nothing of value without him, but the Lord is so interested in each of us that even if while we're producing nothingness, he is creating ways for us to redeem time and to produce gold, silver, and precious stones in a quick manner. Amen. And so I want to look at some, some more verses here. I just have a, a bunch of verses, really, just about his strength. Psalm 28, verse 7. Psalm 28, verse 7. My strength comes from him. My strength comes from him. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. My strength comes from him it's in him that's where my strength is and again i'm fine saying it sometimes you need to say it we just read a book together as a church and he'll say that he'll say it over and over again even if you don't believe it yet say it until you believe it my strength comes from him 
My strength is in him. And we're going to get deep into this. We're going to, I'm just introing here, and we're going to get into the depth of how we do that and what that looks like. But Jeremiah 17, verse 5, he says something similar, but in fact, it's even a little bit harsher because it says, this is what the Lord says. It actually says that there is a curse on those who rely on their own human strength. It says, cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength. And I talked about this last week. I talked about how Jacob grasped the heel of Esau, right? There is a struggle within this earth that we can't get away from. It's in the earth. There is a struggle to succeed and to be and to become and to make a name for yourself, etc., right? To prove you're better than someone else, etc. And it's actually a curse, isn't it? Because when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they entered into their own strength. God gave them supernatural strength, didn't he? He gave them eyes to see into the spirit and blinded them even from flesh. They didn't even know they were naked. He protected them. He shielded them. He gave them all the, the food that they needed. He gave them dominion over the earth, and they entered into a curse and entered into their own strength, and he said, fine, you don't want to trust me. Now you're going to do it your way, and it's going to come from the sweat of your brow. You're going to sweat to produce anything. There's going to be pain involved in what you do. And so there's actually a curse when we try to do it in human strength. And it says, and they turn their hearts away from the Lord. Verse 6, they are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. And that's why the world gets into substances, right? Because, and they, or they get into things, right? I like things, but I don't want things to own me, right? But it's got to be, you know, I have three houses, now I need four. I had a boat, but so-and-so's got a bigger boat. Well, I need a boat to tow my boat, right? Right, I've seen, you see those? Some of these yachts tow around normal size boats, so then when they get places, they can get on another boat, go into, the, go into shore. Because what happens is, is there's no hope. They have nothing, so they turn to women. They turn to things. They turn to drugs and alcohol, right? Because they don't have any hope. There is no, there's no life. There's no substance, right? And the Bible says in verse 7, Jeremiah 17 verse 7, but blessed is this church because we trust in the Lord and we've made the Lord our hope and confidence. The Bible says about NNC, about you and your family, we are trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. And such trees, see, even though the same heat comes and the same drought comes to us, the Bible says that it comes to the world, comes to them. They have short roots like a desert shrub, 
But the Bible says when things come and things will come to us, you have to understand this. What I'm trying to get to is how do you know you have strength? How would a bodybuilder know he has strength? Casey, it's working. <laughs> how does a bodybuilder know that he has strength? He has to do something, right, to test that strength. Whether that's lifting a weight or pulling a car or pulling an airplane, right? There's always someone stronger. But the point is that there is something that has to happen or, or what? How do you even know that there's strength, right? We know because you look bigger, but let's just imagine that we're blind. Because really, we're talking about a spiritual thing. If you were blind and there was two people talking to you in front of you, how would you know that one was stronger than the other? Except that the one's able to pick you up and carry you through an obstacle and the other can't, right? There's, the point is that stuff will come and that's okay and God's aware of it. God even allows it uh, not to uh, do something sadistic to us, but so that we lean into him so that we trust in our roots down inside of him and we lean into him and we realize wow this is where my my friends and those that don't trust in you this is where they hit their end this is where they can't take it any longer and i'm still going because i'm trusting in you the world says give up by now the world says you've been through enough haven't you suffered enough don't you deserve happiness what about you and we find a strength that doesn't make sense to them, right? They just turn down deeper into the curse and just go down an even darker road. And we don't make sense because we just keep trusting in him and everything is still happening around us, but we're not quitting. Because the Bible says that their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says... Paul said this, he said, I can do everything through Christ. And I love this verse because Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. And Paul's over here in Philippians testifying that, yes, I can do nothing without him, but with him, I can do everything. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do nothing without his strength, and I can do anything and everything with his strength. We need to realize something, and I, and I was meditating on this. I was trying to gather the words around this thought that I have in my spirit, and I don't, hopefully my words make sense, but you have to realize that even the strengths that you have that seem like they don't have anything to do with God. I mean, you have to be brutally honest. I mean, this is like quiet time, you know, with the Lord. We don't want to get up here and stand up and say, well, I think I'm strong in this area. I don't think God helps me there. But we all have little areas even deep down inside of us. Where we're like, well, I don't, God's not, you know, I'm, I work hard. That's not God. That's me. Even Christians, if you're going to be brutally honest. Now, we have to realize that even down deep inside of us, even the strengths that we think we have that God's not 
you know, we're not re- seem to be relying on him or just doing what we do and being humans, you have to realize that even those places inside of us, they must come before the Lord and be given to him. Because what happens is the Lord loves you so much. If you start seeking God and you want to know him greater, you know what he'll do? And he did it to me. As soon as I thought that I was strong in my human body, I said, God blesses me one time because he loves us, loves me, and because I work hard. I had the mistake of putting the comma on there. And you know what? I feel like the Lord put me through tremendous painful human physical body trial to realize that it had nothing to do with me working hard. It had everything to do with the fact that he is God, he is gracious, he gives favor, he gives blessing, and I purely responded to what he was doing. Amen. And that as soon as I thought, well, yeah, but it's also because I work hard, right? Sometimes we could think the homeless person is poor because they're lazy, but I have money because I work hard, right? That's the world. I'm not saying that anybody thinks that way, but that's the the thought, right? Go get a job. And there's so much deeper to, there's so much more of a depth to what I'm trying to get to here today that our strength is about nothing that you do. I need you to get this. It has nothing with what you do. You... Every single breath that you have, I mean, I thank God that when we respond to him and we're diligent with what he's given us to do, and we're diligent to raise our children and diligent to take care of our households, there is a a reward. The Bible talks about rewards, talks about if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel. I understand that. I'm not saying to be lazy because God's just going to work for you. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we need to realize this, this concept— Even my greatest strengths are nothing. They don't mean anything. Even I could run around the world. I could prove, man, I could do incredible feats, and I could build things, and I could do so much. And in the end, when I stand before the Lord, it means nothing if my entire center, if my entire focus, if everything, if it was not completely, I'm talking like DNA that cannot be unraveled. I mean, Christ is the center, right, of of the strands pulling it together. If he is not the center and the reason and the focus for every single thing I do, then it was for nothing. It has nothing. It has no gain. There is nothing. There's no reward. It's, It's meaningless. Paul also says this. See, it might sound backwards because our minds are so trained by this world that, you know, there's entire libraries of books that say, you know, don't say I can't, you know, and, and about being strong. And they get into this mind over matter thing, right? Who's aware of all that? You know, overcoming your will. But then meanwhile, these, these, these people have been able to conquer their minds in, in some ways and become strong and, and, and produce what seemed like was something. But meanwhile, when it's all boiled down and tried before God in heaven, the Lord says, okay, you conquered, you, did some, you took my principles 
and you applied them in the earth, and they worked because they're godly principles, but that wasn't me. Does that make sense? Do you know that the, the richest people on the earth are also many of the greatest philanthropists on the earth? I don't remember when it was, but Bill Gates gave away what? He donated $50 billion. You know, what, some time ago? Or agreed that he would give $50 billion. I don't know how it works, all that, but nothing to do with God, atheist, godless. And he just can't get, he can't spend it quick enough. What's his name? Warren Buffett, same thing. Donates most of his money and just comes back in faster than it goes out because they took a godly principle and they apply it and it works, but that doesn't mean that it's God. Does that make sense? We can take a principle of working hard and you can achieve. It doesn't mean that it was God. I need to seek the Lord and say, Lord, God, I want you to be the center. I want you to be the focus. I, I, I want you to be the source. I remember saying and making it a prayer. I remember times where a big client would leave, and you know what I began to say? I would say, that client's not my source. God is. My job's not my source. God is. And it seems like such a, you're saying the same thing, because I still get up and go to work the next day. It sounds exactly the same, and yet, isn't that everything that it is in Christianity? Isn't that everything? It's just the difference between the way we think and the, and the way we speak, isn't it? I can say I love you and I hate you. comes out of the same mouth, same dictionary, same words, but they both have tremendous differences in meaning, don't they? And in the same way that when I get it, that he's my source, even though it seems like he uses a particular way that I would be doing anyway, it seems in my mind to take care of me, it's completely different And who's been there and understands that. Does making any sense? Like I said, it was kind of a complex thought. I'm trying to get out into words, and the idea is that the devil, we don't know everything about him. We don't know exactly how it felt, how it happened, his fall, but we know his fall was in pride, and pride is so subtle. Pride is the most subtle thing. It just sneaks in, and pride is just, you know, we look at an achievement. I've done good. I've done well, and it can be easy to take credit for things that God is doing in us and not realizing that it's his strength, and then suddenly when we do that, we don't realize when we just step into our, our strength. And Paul said this. Paul said, you know, his book in the library wouldn't do so well. Because if I, if I could picture a title on his book, it would say strength through weakness. Weakness is strength. It wouldn't do very well in the library, would it? Weakness is strength. You know what he said? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. And, and I, t I said, wow, I didn't realize it's going to become so relevant. I could tell that the devil was going to try to interrupt and just distract and get our minds everywhere and bring chaos of some sort. It doesn't have to be big, but he does it in little ways sometimes. And we have to just press on and, and be the church anyway. Sometimes it's going to be like that. And what God says to him here in verse 9 is God spoke to Paul and he says, My grace is all you need because he says i prayed three times this affliction came these things were coming i was being afflicted and i prayed to the lord to take it away but god does not take the affliction away god says instead of taking the 
things away, the afflictions away. Instead, what I want you to do is I want you to put grace on. I want you to put my grace on so that you can overcome the issue. Not the issue doesn't disappear, but you're able to endure it. You're able to go through it. Amen. He says, my grace is all you need. And in fact, he says, my power, who wants God's power in your life? Listen, God says you want to do it in your strength. For a time, you can do it in your strength. Who has seen incredible people do incredible things, and then all of a sudden you look and they, you're like, man, what shipwreck, what failure. You know, they do all these incredible things, and it always seems, you know, then they're divorcing their spouses, right? All these crazy things. All of a sudden you realize the true Hollywood stories, you know, to all the success and the glamour that there was all this drugs and mess and chaos involved. We don't want to do it in our own strength. We want to do it in him. He says, I want God's power. And he said, God's power? God said to him, he says, my power works best in weakness. You may know it as this. Some translations, most older translations say, and you can pull it up, the New King James, my power is made perfect in weakness. Wow. My power is made perfect in weakness. So you know when we get weak, see, I, this is an ironic thing that happens. The devil pushes you to weakness because he wants you to, when we get weak, we get what? We get bitter. We get angry. We get hangry. We get irritated, right? We fall into sin. We get stubborn, right? But the very same place that he's trying to push us into to try to get a worldly reaction, when we stay tied into the vine, when we are one with Christ and we are no longer our own, that same exact place that ends up pushing out their fruit pushes out Christ's fruit. The same thing the same thing happening to me and happening to the world is going to bring a different result because as I'm being pressed by the times we're in and we're, we're you know, the, the world says, I don't know, should we invest in here? Should we do this? Should we pull our investments out? Maybe wars on the horizon and fear then starts coming up. The same exact place in us is this place where we find a strength that is not us but comes out of us because Christ is in us, and we say, Lord Jesus, I don't know how you're going to do it. It doesn't look good. My situation, in fact, is looking more dire today than it did yesterday. But my word says that your grace is enough. My word says that your power is about to show up. Because I feel a little bit weaker today than I did yesterday. And instead of trying to pick myself up like the world says, I'm going to put myself lower. And that's a preview for next week. We're going to get into humility. It is kryptonite to God. Man, it just unlocks. It unlocks. God doesn't have kryptonite. But Superman, you know what kryptonite is, right? It was Superman's one weakness. I mean, God just cannot resist humility. 
humility. You humble yourself before the Lord. Incredible things happen. Protection happens. Grace happens. It's, we're going to get into that, but I'm, we don't have time today. And so this is what happens. He says, we'll, so we'll build on what grace is through humility. But he says, my power is made perfect in weakness. So this is what Paul says. He says, so while the world is trying to do everything they can do to avoid weakness, I'll just cover weakness up with substances. I'll just cover weakness up with pride. How you doing? I'm fine. Listen, I'm not saying a Christian can't say that and then be seeking God, but, you know, that's easy just to do, right? We could cover it up and just try to, or I'm just going to cover it up with so much busyness. I'm just going to be busy, 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 and then I won't even think about it. But he says, now, come on, church, I want you to say it out loud. Now, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. Paul didn't just understand that he had weaknesses, but he said, when I realized this revelation, now I boast about my, my weaknesses. Wow, that'd be a great book title. Be proud of your weaknesses. That would sell a lot. Sounds like Ross Creations. Vlog creations. My grace is all you need because my power works best when you're weak. So he says, so that the power of Christ can work through me. So I boast about my weaknesses because when I do that, when I realize you just have to be, you just, I mean, we just have to be honest with ourselves and with God. I'm not saying you stay there. I want you to say it aloud. See, ready? I'm not staying there. I'm not staying in weakness. But I can't do it. You have to come to the place where you say, Lord, I'm weak. I'm weak. It's evident by the way I just talked to so-and-so. But God, I know that your power then is about to come out of me because I am not the world. I'm in weakness and the devil's trying to see, you know what happens? And we, we just don't have time. So just very, very quickly, I could, we could get into a whole lesson on this. But when the gold refiner purifies gold, you know what he does? He heats it up until it becomes liquid. God allows sometimes your situation to become so hot that everything breaks apart. But then the refiner puts in a substance called flux, right? F-L-U-X, right? Flux. And he throws this substance into the gold, and what happens is the impurities begin to come to the surface. When God is working on you, don't be condemned. Don't let the devil condemn you. See, he drives you into weakness and then condemns you for being weak. But see, the Lord says, I let him drive you into weakness so that it could expose the weakness. Not so you're going to stay there, but so that you will let me take it from you. And you know what happens? The refiner's stubborn. I want you to say this out loud. The refiner... He's stubborn. 
God doesn't have stubbornness, but one thing he's stubbornness about is how much he loves you. And you know what he says? He turns to, the Father turns to Jesus, the Son turns to the Holy Spirit and says, turn it up hotter. They're not releasing this area, and I have to get this out of them. It's hurting them. It's weighing them down. Everything's going to stay loose and broken apart. I can't take them out and put them into a bar or for use, make them a ring, make them jewelry, make them something in my house, something pretty in the house. I can't do it until the impurities are out, so let it get hotter. Paul said, I realized this was happening. I realized it was the devil afflicting me, but then I realized I couldn't do it, and I never could, so I just stayed there and said, whatever, camp out, forget you, God. No, he didn't say that. That's what the world does, right? He says, now, when my weaknesses come, I don't try to hide them. I let them become exposed so Christ can deal with them and his power shows up. Verse 10, he says, in fact, (laughs) it's so hard to preach this because we don't think this way, but this is a revelation we need to get. He says, in fact, he says, I take pleasure, wow, in my weaknesses. Who takes pleasure in your weaknesses? Who loves being weak? Anybody love being weak? No. You realize, though, I know this is very subtle, but I'd rather be real because God is real. Don't you love how Jesus talked? I think most of the world would not be able to take Jesus. That's why only so few did. Most of them got offended with him. The Bible says disciples, right? John 666, the most, the saddest verse in the Bible. 666. I mean, that's not by accident. It says many left him and followed him no more. They offended. Jesus offended them. He said, he said, how can we get this? Eat your body, drink your blood. And the offense was so deep, they said, I can't take this. But those that stayed, uh, Peter says, Jesus, he says, are you going to leave too? Peter says, where am I going to go? And that's where we're at. Amen. We're not quitting, we're not leaving, but it's not, it's not that we can do it. It's that we have realized that Christ, there is nothing else that matters. There is no one. And he says, I take pleasure in my weaknesses. The fact that we don't want to say it, and this is what I said, Jesus is offending you, not me, is because pride inside of us There's pride still in all of us, and pride does not want to show weakness. But you know what that does? It keeps those weaknesses in us. Instead of just dealing with it, we're prideful and say, I've got it covered. I've got it handled. It's not a big deal. Whoa, that was a sharp one. It's not that big of a deal. It's not a heaven or hell thing. And as soon as we do that, we're actually pulling ourselves back down and staying in weakness. But he said, you know what? I take pleasure in my weaknesses. 
and in insults. I take pleasure in hardships. I take pleasure in hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. He said, for when... See, everybody quotes this. Here's your Hobby Lobby saying, right? For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Gives me strength. We love saying that, right? To go run a race, you know, and like clean the house. Before I clean the house, I need to go look at it. Man, I'm weak, but I'm strong, right? I don't want to deal with my children, right, today, because I'm just a little tired. But, oh, man, he, Christ in me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, that's fine. I'm not saying that you don't need that then, too. But there's a deeper place that God is dealing with in us, isn't he? He says, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Not just talking about surface weakness, but we have to come to the place where you realize your utter need for him, just like you did. I've been saying this for these three weeks, just like we did the day we came to Christ, just like the day that I repented and I turned to him and said, Lord, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. And I turned to you. We need to realize our utter need for him just like that every day. And what we need to do in that place of weakness is we don't let the enemy batter us and abuse us because he's going to try. If you feel weak, you feel like, man, Lord, I've been believing for this issue in my body, in my soul, in my mind, in my spirit. I've been believing you, God, and it's not going. You know, this person I've been praying for, Lord, they're just, they're not letting up on me, etc., come to the place where we actually take pleasure in it. Because the Bible says then is when Christ shows up. See, he was there all along, but when you hit your bottom, right, and we have that break, I remember those moments in Christ, right, where you break, you may even weep before him, and such peace and refreshing and joy comes instantly, doesn't it? See, because all pride is, you are completely done. You're gone. There is, there is no strength. There is nothing in you, and you've come to the end of you, and you're like, I, I give up. I can't do it. And in that place, suddenly Christ becomes clear. It's not that he wasn't with you, but that's where his strength and his power begins to flow through you. I want you to hear that again. It's not that he wasn't with you all along. But that's the moment that you let his power flow through you. I think we should constantly acknowledge our weakness, but instantly. I want you to say, I want to hear this, okay? Ready? Constantly acknowledge our weakness like Paul did, but just as quickly, but instantly say, but I'm not alone. I'm not my own. In fact, my human part of me died, and I'm seated with Christ presently, and I can't do it, but Christ in me gives me the strength to do it. This is something that we need to get into that God box, right? It needs to come from our mind to that place in our spirit where it becomes a revelation. And until it does, you just keep believing it you keep speaking it you just keep speaking it and you keep speaking it and you keep speaking it right <laughs> this is that's all christianity right there and it works it works it's not mind over matter this is the fact that lord god i believe your word 
It's not mind over matter because it's not your mind. Your mind says, I want to quit. Your mind says it's a lot easier just to be like the world. It's a lot easier just to say what I think right now. It's a lot easier just to say how I feel right now. But the moment that stuff comes to the surface, do not let the enemy judge you, but do not stay there. Do not grab it and pull it back down and make and let pride cover it and make it a harder process. Let the Lord take it and scoop it from you immediately because power begins to come through you in that way. Amen. Amen. I just want to close with this. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40, it says, verse 28, Have you never heard, have you never understood, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. It says, He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths, that's a hard word to say, youths, even the youth, will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. You know, there's so many verses about weakness but in strength. I mean, it's just, we could spend an entire service just quoting Scripture, one after the other. An entire 45 minutes, just that. There's so many verses. We need to realize that this is, it is one of the key pillars to Christianity, that our pride must come down, acknowledge our weakness, and his strength comes, it says. Because even, even the young, eventually, if it's human, it will fail. Everything human will fail. That's why the Bible says on the earth, right, moth and rust destroy. But in heaven, moth and rust do not destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal, right? That's why we are heaven-bound. We're heaven-minded. We focus on eternity because this earth, eventually all of it just disappears. But he says, verse 31, but those, that's this church, we trust in the Lord. And the Bible says, that we will find new strength, or you may know it as they will renew. It's a constant renewing, a constant exposing of weakness and an instantaneous renewal of our spirit from Christ. It says they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. He's talking about something that's not human because he says the human will fail, but the Christ in you, those who rely on him, who trust in him, oneness with him, you're the branch in his vine, you will not grow weary. Amen. 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 He's good, isn't he? And he's kind and he's merciful. His love is there for us. And he is doing something miraculous in us this year. He's working in us. We're going to overcome every single obstacle, every single thing that the enemy has put in front of us, every single thing that your flesh is struggling with. And you just stay in Christ. That's it. I'm going to stay in you, Lord, and you're going to do it in me. That's it. I'm, I'm just confident in your word. You're going to do it in me. I'm not checking my watch. I'm not looking at the details. I just know you're faithful. 
And if it takes, you ready for this? You have to say this to the Lord. I believe your word so much that if it takes until the day I die, I know that some way, somehow, in some way, shape, or form, I will overcome every single thing, even if it's in death, being resurrected into a new body. That's my focus. You will not fail me. Every single thing, you are going to do it. Amen. Every single thing I believe for, some way, shape, or form, in time, maybe in generations to come, you are going to be, prove your word. You're going to prove your word on this earth. Amen. We just bless you and thank you, Lord God, for this word. Put it down in our hearts, Lord, deep in us, Lord God. Let it grow like good seed in soil, Lord God, that it becomes life in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.